0: is okay, cool. ready to rock and roll. I love it. She's
1: yes. Like, it. Your, your last name, Ripma. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> no, I'm really bad. It's like, I say names like the worst.
0: We're mm-hmm. going to just compile Sheila making. <laughs> oh no, there yeah, is one. Everyone's name.
1: There is one of like the, <laughs> it's called Wonderful. the uh, launch five yeah. zero. Yep.
0: Launch 5 There you go. You, you heard it here first, guys. I, I love saying that even when it doesn't make sense. I'm like some reporter. You heard it here first. <laughs> Signing out with you know, Krista, Ripa, Sheila, and Nate. Peace. That happened spring break 09. I just, I woke up, I was on a beach. I don't remember how I got You there.
2: literally found yourself on I a beach I literally found
0: myself on a beach when I, <laughs> I was not even near a beach. I don't live near a beach, Krista, but I found myself on a beach somehow.
1: Do it, but at the to be end fair, it's day, called top copy. (laughs) It is called
0: copy. If they didn't (laughs) want us copying it, they would have called it something else.
1: (laughs) It's called Uh, plagiarizing
0: uh, copy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Welcome to the messy back end of entrepreneurship. This is Mark Deal of Podcast Editor Academy and Podcast Guest Academy. We all know that the back end is where most businesses fail. This is the podcast about cleaning up the messy back end so you can save time, make money, and succeed. I felt it myself due to people, processes, and platforms. And now, here are your hosts, Sheila J. Logan and Nate Tucker. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you all so much. We have a wonderful show for you today. Neil Patel says, Authentic businesses inspire and prosper. While that is a bold statement, it's one that is very hard to argue with. Being authentic is hugely beneficial to businesses as well as those they serve. The more virtual our lives get, the more we hunger after something genuine. What people really want now is not just a product or a service, it's an experience. An experience that is more honest and transparent, more authentic and businesses are going to have to keep up.
1: On our expert segment today, we're going to be speaking with Krista Ritma. Krista is a marketing coach, launch strategist, and co-founder of Authentic Audience, a full-service digital marketing and ad agency dedicated to serving brands who foster the best in self-care, self-love, and self-expression. Authentic Audience is the natural progression of Krista's previous successes in building million-plus Instagram followings, tripling online awareness and engagement for her brands and coaching hundreds of seasoned and novice business owners to find and speak their truth. She was recently featured in Entrepreneur Magazine and Forbes and is the host of the Authentic Audience Podcast.
0: And you'll hear real questions and stories from real entrepreneurs with real messy backends. As an added bonus for the messy backend exposed, our expert Krista will not only share her experience, expertise, and the tools she suggests to get your backend cleaned up, but she will also expose how to provide an authentic experience that will help you give your customers what they want.
1: If you're an entrepreneur with a Messy Backend and you would like to submit your story or question for our experts, give us a call at 801-810-6726 or visit us at themessybackend.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of The Messy Backend, brought to you by our digital marketing agency, Lock and Load Marketing, where if it tires you out, you can hire it out. We're fast approaching episode 100, so we wanted to take a minute and stop and thank you for being such great listeners.
0: Seriously, we can't do this without you. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us these last two years. We've loved sharing our expert guests, our stories, our experiences, our embarrassing, messy backend bloopers with you. We've just loved everything about this podcast. And if you love the show as much as we do, we want to hear from you. Leave a review on your favorite podcast platform or email us at hello at Who knows? Soon we may just have cool branded swag to give out to our top fans.
1: That's going to be super cool. And don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. You can find all of those links at themessybackend.com slash subscribe so never miss an episode because they're pretty fun then check us out on Facebook and YouTube for video episodes. Now on to our expert Krista Ritma for her expert advice. Don't mess your seat folks here we go.
0: Today we have a messy back-end question submitted by one of our listeners. She says how do we show who we are and what drives us? Our company is more than just the products and services we provide. I want to build a relationship with my customers so they trust us and become our best advocates.
2: What a good question. Thanks for having me. First of all, uh, that's like the perfect question for me to answer because this is what I talk about all the time. So how do we show who we are and what drives us? So the first four questions that anybody should be able to answer about their company is who are you? What do you do? Why does it matter? and what's in it for me, your customer. So oftentimes the first thing I'll have my clients do is actually write a letter to their dream customer answering those four questions. And so many times um, my clients end up putting that letter on their website, putting it on their mission, out in an email um, as a way to really anchor that relationship and who are they? What do they do? Why does it matter? And most importantly, what's in it for me, your customer, why should I care? So the more you can focus on building that relationship, which is clearly what this listener wants to do, which by the way, spoiler alert, this is what works. This is how we win in business. um, is by earning the trust and loyalty of our customers that will start to do that. So oftentimes I'm just trying to get people to talk to their dream customer, to get out of their egos and just serve the person that they're here to serve and that their product is created for. And uh, it gets noisy. And so the more we can just find that customer, talk to that customer, speak straight to their heartstrings and what needs and drives them um, by answering those questions for ourselves, I think it just opens up a really nice door for dialogue. Our relationship with our customer needs to be both ways. It's not always us talking to them. We need to be engaging and listening back and like your listener said, building that relationship.
0: Wait, uh, I wasn't listening, so no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, you're, you're absolutely right. It is a two-way street uh, and so many people forget that, especially when it comes to sales. Um, I was talking with a friend the other day about that. And she goes, some of the best salesmen really are just the best listeners. Mm -hmm. And I go, no, it's not some of the best. I go, all of the best. If you you have to sell, if you have a problem that you're solving, you need to listen to your client's problems. You can't solve the problem if you can't understand their problem. Um, And so absolutely, I love that you brought that up, that you need to listen, have that dialogue. It's not just you saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. So Krista, after your clients write that letter to that ideal client, they kind of map out their customer, uh, then what do we do?
2: Well, it depends what your goal is. Is it to generate more revenue? Is it to connect and engage with your current audience, with your current clients? So I guess it sort of depends what stage you're at in your business and what your goal is. A lot of the work that I do is really specific around like success metrics of many kinds. So a success metric could be your quality of life. Um, It could be uh, how many signups you get, how many new followers you get, like what does success mean? What would the next 90 days in a perfect world look like? And then we sort of work backwards to create a strategy that then talks to that ideal customer through social media content, all different kinds, email marketing campaigns, all of that stuff to just, I mean, like you were saying about listening, everyone just wants to feel seen. That's all anybody wants. Um, And when you feel seen by a product or a service or someone who you're spending money on, it's just this like win-win for everybody. So the more we can make our customer feel seen um, by showing more of who we are too, uh, because you can only really you know, be as vulnerable um, as the person that's like facilitating. Um, So the more we can be honest, share our stories, share our why, share our purpose and why we're here to serve you and what we're creating to do that. So the next thing would be, okay, now you have this service offer gift and you have this person that we need to reach with it. So where do we want to spend our time and energy and go in from there? So a lot of what I do and just what's really working out there is this like intuitive connection, people conscious approach meets strategy and spreadsheets and budgets and numbers and metrics. And that's where the real sort of sweet spot is happening that I'm, that I'm seeing.
0: That's really cool. <laughs> it is
2: really cool because I think a lot of people, you know, when we first start our businesses,
1: we have the intention of doing it because we're super passionate about helping mm. a certain industry or solving a certain problem. But when you start getting into that, backend, the messy stuff that goes on, you know, the spreadsheets and everything else, you tend to forget that part. And it's a, it's a real struggle, especially when you're trying to write copy hmm. or um, get your message across to remember that who you're talking to, you know what I mean? Cause you're so worried about the numbers and you're so worried about, you know, keeping food on the table and roof over the head that your passion sometimes can fall behind that and your why and forgetting who you're talking to. For me, um, like I think it took me probably a good two years before I actually put myself into my business and once people actually saw who I was and why I was doing what I was doing it really changed my business so um, we need to remember you know to be our authentic selves so how can you um, be your authentic self share your vulnerable story share your why and your passion without you um, crossing that line of oversharing. Does that make sense?
2: Oh yeah. (laughs) Your
1: story isn't about you. Your story is about them, right? It's about what you, what they are going to feel after working with you. But that is a really hard story to tell sometimes.
2: Absolutely. And that's such an amazing question. And I think it's something everyone struggles with um, because that line is really different for everyone. And it really depends like, for me, I think it's really never forgetting that they even right now, I'm talking to you both, but there's an audience listening and there's energy that we're holding right now. And I just really value that person's time. And so never for a moment, do I forget that, that it's, it's actually not about me. And I think so much of this is mindset um, and ego. And like, really our business wants two things from us. That's to generate revenue and to generate happy clients. Like that's it. So if we can do those two things and just sort of clear the noise and that, what does that look like? Charging our worth, um, setting clear boundaries, expectations, all these things that we struggle with as entrepreneurs and business owners, because we're so passionate Mm -hmm. about the thing that we're doing. So we tend to like, let it, you know, sort of build a prison around us, which is like, how did we get here? And so I think when it comes to the question about authenticity, for me, I've always leaned towards the side of more. So I've, it's come naturally to me to share about mental health or spirituality or other things, the messy things in business, um, which is why I so appreciate you guys. Um, because that's what business is. It's like not beautiful at all. It's challenging. It's messy. It's rewarding. It's all of these things. And when you can share the highs and lows and, Uh, share the mistakes and the lessons. Now I'll say with that authenticity, there's a difference between sharing aha moments or lessons or something that's going to be of value versus just like venting or dumping, right? That's just like transparency. And like, I took a yoga class once and I left like so- upset because the instructor just like dunked her baggage on us. And and that's not really what we want to do. We want to be sharing and transparent, but try and wait till you have that like aha moment that where you kind of step back out of your ego again and can see like what's valuable here. And again, that's just remembering we're in service to our customers. So even though I might be having an experience, is this valuable to share? Is this something that's going uh, to be what they need to hear today. And oftentimes when I do that intuitive check-in where I'm like, yeah, this is like, I'm, you know, you know, when you've like got something that needs to be shared, but where strategy comes in is then you actually have to do it um, and share it. And so many people don't, and you sort of miss that opportunity. And so again, it's a fine line and you have to feel comfortable, but also remember we just want to feel seen too. And how great would that feel for our customers and clients to actually see us, to actually know us, um, and care where their money's going to, which I think so many people do. Um, people really care who's getting their money in time. So if you can go back to that question, continue to build that relationship, then you win. And so do they
0: those are always the best are the win-win-win situation. <laughs> That's <We're>, the dream. <laughs> we're right. Like I love it when my clients are getting more, more clients. And so they're happy with the results that I'm delivering and I'm happy with the paychecks that they're signing and the their clients are happy because they got the services that they wanted. So no, totally. Um, you know, you, you mentioned in there, it's like, yeah, we have, You know our our wins and our losses you know our fails our big messes our back ends you know exposed type of thing um i would love to hear about one of your biggest messes and when i say i i am speaking for our listeners here too krista we want to hear the juiciest dirtiest worst messiest back story but obviously, one that you have learned a lesson from, so that we can share that. I kind of put you in your spot here, aren't There
2: Sal? are so many of them. Um, oh, perfect. But I will share the most recent one because this was powerful, and there was definitely a really good aha moment. Where some of them, I'm still trying to figure out where the where the lesson is, but. Uh, that comes with time and space, obviously we all get so attached, you know, we say business isn't personal, but when you're an entrepreneur, it's quite personal. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm just hearing crazy stories all the time, but recently this is a really big messy situation, uh, that I found myself in. So I have this amazing client. I very, I have a lot of clients like hundreds, but some of them book calls all the time. So I, I see them regularly And I have this one and I just adore her and we've been working together and she'll send me gifts and like, I just adore her. I mean, I adore all of them, but it just makes it so much worse for the story of what happened. Uh, You know, sent me Christmas gift, the whole thing, such a supporter of my business and all around amazing human. And so I gifted her uh, my course, uh, Marketing Fundamentals. So little did I remember that in module three of that course, I use her website as an example of a bad site. Oh no. (laughs) So that for in my defense, before I get any further, this is net, this is like more, I gifted it to her. She trusts me, we've been working on it. And like to be sitting there watching me pull up her site and use it as an example of what not to do my whole heart like i was just she emailed me right away she was so mad and what had happened is i had pulled up her website as an example it was a live lecture i was teaching so i like pull up a bunch of examples beforehand and i meant to use her site as a positive example and when i clicked on it to get to my point i realized her site was missing what I was supposed to be talking to at that point in the lecture. So I had to like switch on the spot anyway. Oh no. So mortifying. It doesn't matter, right? Like that is the biggest, like, I can't believe I just did that. And when you do things like that, it happens very rarely. I try and like integrity is so important to me and, and all of that. And obviously my company is called authentic audience. So anytime something like that happens where it's just awful, So I wrote her back immediately and I just apologized to the ends of the earth. I gave her two free calls, um, on our package together. I immediately went back and watched the video and, uh, took out the part that was obviously like not serving her, my client who I care about. And we ended up getting on the call uh, a week later. And I was just, I got on just like, so mortified And she said it was such a beautiful lesson for her because she had this whole experience in it, uh, like being vulnerable and standing up for me. So it was like this huge lesson for her. And then I got this huge lesson where I really need to, I'm very honest and direct in my business and I'll pull up a website and say, oh, I feel nothing or, and I just start sort of like, um, doing my flow on it, which a lot of people are prepared for and want, but in this situation, she had not volunteered for this. And, um, I just had to take massive accountability and it ended up being this great growth experience for both of us, but man, um, nobody else messed up either. That was all me. So it's like one thing when your team messes up or something goes out and you have to sort of, uh, you know, take it on behalf, but to mess up that badly and have it be with just awful. So, I mean, the lesson there is just work slower and like be more intentional i was live and i should have prepared and like knew whose webs you know knew my points and mm-hmm. uh the lesson for me is just i need to be more thoughtful um with who i do that with and make sure that it's uh you know they've, they're okay with me using their work in that way so that's the story
1: <laughs> you know one of our one of our really early episodes we actually had um one of my favorite people, Michael Koala on, we talked about how do you manage those situations? And it's interesting because that's the time we actually had a panel of people. So it wasn't just Michael, we had two other people and Michael went last. (laughs) It was really funny because the first two people were like, bury it, hide it. You know, they were like saying, you know, like have a bunch of people go do this or that or the other. And Michael's like, own it. Like Mm. if you make a mistake, you know, let people know hey i messed up and th- and this is how i'm going to fix it for you because by bar- burying it is one thing and i suppose there are times if like if you have a troll or something but if you screw up personally um like a friend of mine actually used copy from someone else's program in her own she got caught and she went right into the group she had like twenty thousand people in her group and she was like i did this thing and it put her back a good year but people, she did not lose a huge following because people were like, man, we get it. You know, we've all yeah. been tempted to do it, right? You're like, man, Krista wrote this amazing copy and I'll never right. be able to do it as good. So I'm going to copy it. You know, we're tempted in that split second of humanness to do it. But at to the be end fair, of the it's day, called I'm- copy. Copy. <laughs> it is called
0: copy. If they didn't want us copying it, they would have called it something else.
1: It's called uh-huh. plagiarizing copy.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing they called it that it's like yeah I can't well know.
1: well my own yeah. she really actually saved face more than just hide trying to hide from it so I, I commend you for that because I'm sure that was
2: humiliating that it be- was I that's the first thing I said I'm just humiliated like <laughs> obviously that was not my intention to do this but my gosh, how, how bad it turned out. So, but just to say I've had, you know, situations flipped, obviously we make mistakes. We make mistakes. Even if our intentions are a hundred percent in the right place, we are human and things happen and it's in how we handle that. Uh, And I have lots of clients, so I've had to handle a lot of really awkward conversations. And I think it's such a powerful opportunity for growth. To continue just to go back to that question build that relationship with our customers and earn that trust so hopefully you know that the thing that i just ask of my people and i hope i set this stage in my own company is just own it and i just want to hear i messed up i take accountability i'm so sorry won't happen again, or I'll do my best to make sure that doesn't happen again. That's it. And it's when they want to put blame or, uh, you know, not own it, not take responsibility to me. That is such an important quality, especially in business. Um, because it's, it's trust and it's just the right thing to do. Um, and I think I've seen again and again, this is winning. Like people respond really well. Um, you know, this, this person booked more calls with me after this. So, I could have just avoided it and never written her back and mm-hmm. then missed out on that growth opportunity. So.
0: I, lo- I love that last sentence that you had, cause I wanted to ask you about that. It's like, you had this growth opportunity, you could have avoided it. And I I'm willing to bet just the way that you just told the story, that growth part where you had to respond to her, you had to talk to her. I bet that was extremely painful. Like it was uncomfortable, right? Like to say the least. So
2: uncomfortable, so uncomfortable. And I think my, my husband always says this. he goes, no one ever found themselves on a beach somewhere. Like you have to get uncomfortable and to grow. And so he'll like take me on these ridiculous treks when all I want to do is just sit on the beach and read a book and, (laughs) and Or like snowshoe, like he loves these adventures and I don't, I hate it, but I end up coming back like, so just, you know, when you have that kind of experience where you step out of your comfort zone, you get uncomfortable, um, that's when the growth happens. And as cliche as that is, it really is true. So if you want to grow, you need to continue to find ways to put yourself in situations that, that allow you or invite you, um, to step out of your comfort zone and do something a little uncomfortable and it's fun um, I think and I think a lot of people would agree like when you are in that zone of uncomfortability uncertainty but know you're being authentic mm-hmm. uh, it's it feels good
0: Right when you're being authentic you're like okay I'm just I'm being myself 100%. It's like when you go and like you were saying like a physical activity or like you're going and working out at the gym you know you're pushing through those reps of that uncomfortable part. You know, mm-hmm. And then afterwards you go, wow, I am stronger because I did, I mean, a lot of times we feel weaker right after the gym. You're like, all right, I'm dead. Now I want to go lay on a beach somewhere. But the only way that we can grow is through going through the pain. And going through uncomfort, you can't like like your husband says you can't just end up on the beach well actually that happened spring break 09 i just i woke up i was on a beach i don't remember how i got you there.
2: literally found yourself i on a literally beach found
0: myself on a beach when <laughs> i i was not even near a beach i don't live near a beach krista but i found myself on a beach somehow um yeah so that'll happen is we we have to push ourselves we have to go through that comfort. If you would have just said, no, I, I can't deal with that com- uncomfortability. Com- wow. I can't deal with that uncomfortability. Um, I can't deal with that pain. Let me ignore this. Let me run away. We wouldn't have grown. Neither yeah. one of you would have grown from that.
2: Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you don't get into entrepreneurship or this type of work that we do wanting it to be cushy and easy. Um I think that you get into it because you like a challenge and you want to make a difference and you want to take the road less traveled which is obviously tougher um but so rewarding in so many ways I think like I learn the most about myself about my relationships about my spirituality emotional health you name it from the business and, and from these situations that come up and like force me truly force me to be authentic and walk my talk I mean I have a whole company rooted in this thing. So if I wasn't, I mean, how awful would that be?
0: That <laughs> would be pretty inauthentic. I guess, yeah. I would it would be quite authentically, the facade.
1: Authentically, I think I'll be fake today. <laughs> you can't do it. And yeah. I can't too, you find, well, I find anyway, when I see someone who is vulnerable and real and authentic, they inspire me more. They make me see that, you know, because we oftentimes see the perfectness of people. Right. So like it's that picture of the blueberry muffin. If you've seen, there's a picture of a blueberry muffin on a table. i tell this so many times and mm-hmm. it's on this beautiful table. The blueberry muffin is perfect. The plate's perfect. There's not a crumb in sight, but if you zoom back from that and you see the crying baby and the spilled milk and the dishes in the sink, and mm-hmm. you know, you, you have to realize that that's, that's okay for people to see sometimes, certainly not all the time. But right. whenever I see someone like, um, certainly, you know, the situation you went through, you have a lifelong client now, somebody who's going to advocate for you. You know, it could have gone very badly if you hadn't have responded the way you did. And so I think being authentic is more inspiring than being
2: that perfect. Yes. And, and to your point, I think that this, in this scenario, it worked out in my favor. I have also had to, excuse me, also had to do the uncomfortable thing that was right and authentic and it didn't go well. And I think that is even harder because mm-hmm. it's like, I had to come to terms with this isn't mine. Like this isn't mine. And I take it so personally and write, you know, 99.99999% of our clients and customers are stoked and love us and come back. And then it's that like 1% that just really don't like me. Mm-hmm. And I've handled it the way that in my heart, I feel authentic. Like I know that There's no way that I can uh, affect how people react and it's just not my responsibility. So it's like when you know that you've handled it authentically with integrity, all of those things, it's almost like you have to detach a little bit from the person's reaction or from the outcome like after i wrote this woman back i'm mortified i wrote this whole letter i said i'm going to make it right here's what i'm going to do i cc'd whatever i did everything and after that it was so hard but i had to just detach and be like this is the best i could do Mm. and if she doesn't receive it she doesn't receive it um but this was the absolute best i could do and i think just remembering that about other people in business they're, everyone's just doing the best that they can. And so if you were to ask somebody that has, you know, a messy situation, which like, hi, you're not alone. Every single business yeah. has probably five fires are putting out as we speak. Um, but we're showing up here, you know, talking about it because that's what we do as business owners. Um, but anyway, just, just to say that I think that really, just knowing in yourself that you did the right thing, that you had a growth opportunity there without really expecting something back in return is the hardest part.
0: Right. It's super hard. So I was talking with one of my entrepreneur friends the other day, and I said, you know, a lot of times we t- we like even say the phrase, you'll hear a lot of like successful people go, failure is an option, right? I, I don't know if you've ever heard that, but failure is an option. And I said, I want to change that. And it's, Failure will happen. It's not even. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It will happen. And the funny thing is, if we if we look at other aspects of like the world and success, um, like I don't know if you've ever played sports competitively. Did you ever lose a game or a match or and, and you might not beat yourself up over it if you had a 99 percent winning streak and you lost one match you'd be like yeah well they're better than us clearly because we gave it our all we did that and everything but in business why like we we allow it to tear down ourselves so much even though like you just said 99.9 percent of my clients are happy that means you've won you have won that match that game 99 out of 100 times and then we have that one time and we we take it so personally, and you, you use the word before, you have to detach from that. You have to say, you know what, I brought it my all. I played my A game the hardest, and sometimes we still lose. That will happen, and that's how we grow. That's how we get better. You now have growth opportunities from both of those situations, both of those messes that happened. You won in one situation, it ended up being a win, or maybe let's just call it a draw. <laughs> there, was, there, was a, there was a draw that was, you know, it was a tie. But then the other one, I would say that was a loss. You've got an L on the the score sheet now there. But both of those situations, you can learn something from it so that you won't lose in the same way again. And that, that I think, is what sets real entrepreneurs with success apart from those that just keep spinning the wheels. It's, no, look at every failure because losses will happen. And look and say, how can I not lose that way again? Let me find another way to lose. (laughs)
2: that is such a powerful reframe like that just er, reframed so much for so many people I feel like I think even for me thinking about that I'm like oh my god I'm winning
0: you are you're a winner like
2: and I think my friend like you have me thinking about a friend of mine who just launched something a few days ago. And especially I see this with like um, artists or musicians or writers or people who are using their like art um, as, because it's just so, I mean, I would say that I would arguably say that my work is just as important to me, but there's this more vulnerable, I think, piece of it when there's this art involved versus like my marketing fundamentals course, right. Versus something that's like a poem or, something that's really raw. And 99% of the feedback was like, so excited. Everyone's like pumped up signups are rolling in. And then there's like those two or three comments that just take all the wind out of the sails. And it's just so painful to watch other people go through it and you see it and you can just see so clearly, like, this is a win, but when it's happening, To us, Mm we just let that one or two comment, those two people that misunderstand us completely Mm -hmm. um, just take the wind out of our sails. And it's such a bummer. And I think the real entrepreneur, like that real attitude is like, if you have haters, that means you're doing something right. And if you can actually believe that I got this hate email last summer and I celebrate it because somebody took the time to like, first of all, totally misunderstood, like, Mm just doesn't even know, rooted in no reality but crazy that i could be misunderstood in such a that way and um it was powerful that somebody took the, that amount of time and energy to just be mad at me and to me that's still energy that somebody's like giving me in right. the, in a weird twisted way but it's still hard it's still hard to yeah. um feel like you're failing some people because again, we just want to be seen. And so when we feel misunderstood, then by default, we're not being seen. So it's like all goes back to that, really.
0: Right. And- one,
2: that's one something my dad taught me, <clears throat> excuse me, when I was really little,
1: actually. He said, he said, Sheila, if you're not pissing somebody off, you're not doing a good job. Totally. So, but it does because there's also a statistic that says for every negative thought that you have or negative thing that you say to someone or that's said to you. 10 positive things have to be said to make up for that. And I think that goes toward, especially yes. entrepreneurs, we want to be perfect. We want to provide the service. We want to change the world. We want to affect, you know, um, change in people's lives. And when we find out we did exactly the opposite, I mean, it hurts our heart. It's not just something that's like, you know, oh, but my bottom line got hurt. It's like, we feel it like deep down in our
2: soul. We're like,
0: oh. feel like a failure.
2: Yeah. That like, hurt. I mean, physically hurt me, you know? Oh yeah. It makes me like nauseous. Mm-hmm. Uh, those experiences like sick almost yeah. uh, when that happens, I totally, I totally get that. And I just, I think that that's so true. Like you can hear it and be like, yeah, that's totally right. If you're not pissing somebody off, you're doing something wrong. But then when you have to face the person or even have like that person troll you or whatever people have to go through, some of my clients have to go through just the most awful things uh having a social presence and just having a business and it's just so wild uh what people have to go through and the negativity that's out there but it it is all an opportunity for growth Uh, it's just hard to remember that
0: (laughs) it it absolutely is hard to remember especially when it's it's you and it's your personal and it's your baby you know whether it be your business or like an artistic side of things like you said that's still your baby and you don't want anyone you want you end up being that you know that mama bear you're like don't talk bad i will fight you for that and it's hard to not focus on you know the 10 or the 100 good positive comments and positive reviews from it like I I try to remind this to some of my clients sometimes because they go, oh, look, I got a negative review or whatever. I go, what is your favorite brand on earth? Go read their reviews. Right. I guarantee you there are negative reviews. And they have a lot more negative reviews than you have. (laughs) Why? Because they're a lot bigger. They're a lot louder. That's what I always say. If you're getting hate, you know, if you have haters, that means you're being loud. Mm. If you don't have anyone opposing you, you're not being loud enough. And you're not being your true authentic self um you know sheila said it's like for one you know or for everyone there needs to be 10 positive i see it i want to look at it the opposite way when you're moving forward in the direction that you're supposed to be moving with true authenticity and true power the the universe is going to go wow there's some change happening here and we need to adapt and sometimes that adapt you know that change in the universe is going to come in painful ways and we have to go oh we need to learn that way and we need to move and we need to mold and we need to adapt ourselves our lives our business to go down the path that we need to go down yes and we we have to do that we have to remember that and say okay change will happen change is painful we already established that earlier uh you know in order to change and grow there will be pain points Mm. but the, world, the universe is going to be fighting for us, and part of the universe is going to be fighting against us. And we have to decide which part of the universe are we going to allow to dictate us.
1: Or give our attention to.
0: And that's, yeah, where are we going to give our attention to? Where are we going to take that energy? Are we going to take it during the positive energy and say, no, this is a positive thing that I'm trying to do for the world, for the universe, for everyone in my life. And it's going to affect some people negatively because that is not for them. It's a different energy. But it's so funny. You guys just through. said
2: that I dropped an email today and it's, where's your energy going? And like, that's all I talk about. Like we're just boop spot on. Perfect. Uh, yeah. What, whatever you're saying, we're just totally spot on. I, I The importance of that. Sheila it's just so it's so important and I think you said two other really important things one is being willing to pivot is crucial so I think COVID like the biggest it was so clear and you can just see it the companies that pivoted early that jumped online that changed their services that were just so willing to like flow and groove and change and move with what was happening um I, I work in digital marketing and and launches. So I just watched the companies that like joined up the online space and jumped into zoom classes or whatever it is, and just pivoted and changed very quickly. And then people who just weren't willing to, um, and just opposing the change, opposing the change, fearing it. And really we could just see how those companies got left behind, I watched it firsthand with a company that I'm very familiar with. There was a huge opportunity on the table and the attachment to the old ways was too strong and the opportunity was missed. And it's just, so I just completely agree with you, like being willing to, to, you know, what got you here might not be what's going to get you where you're going and just totally understanding that and not being too attached to it. And then the, the, the final thing is just, we have, if we could just turn off this like social need for validation, (laughs) we could get like so much more done, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, like you're saying, you know, I could just, if I didn't care about what people thought or said or, uh, about what I did and and how it resonated, I would just be so much more, um, productive, but so if anybody can find a, a solution to that. Mm -hmm. and just really not care you know like you said about knowing that what you're putting out and you showed up and you played your best and did the best you can that's like a good good friend of mine says to me all the time he's very successful and he says uh crystal when you stop trying to prove is when you can start trying to build um and i just think that's so true and so hard to do i'm gonna write that one down I think, um, you know, it's not mine. It's his name is Eric and he's okay. deserves all the credit, but he says these profound things and I'm like, right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the
1: fact is, is that fear and faith cannot reside in the same space. And I think when we're being, trying to be authentic, we're going 100% in faith that we we're going in the right direction. We're doing what our purpose is, you know, we're serving what we're, we know we're supposed to do. And when that one little thing happens and fear comes up, all of a sudden we take that back. We take back our, you know, our desire to move forward and and we don't live on that faith. We, we live in the fear for a second. I think if there's a way to remove that fear, like you said, the company that you saw that just held on to the way they are, I saw that too. And I watched really closely. I'm like, all these people who are saying that I can't do my business now because people can't come to my office, you know? And I'm just like, really? Uh, so you can't look at them eye to eye on a, on a zoom call, but as a speaker, I lost eight speaking engagements, um, in one day, and that was painful for me, but it in the, on the one hand, it is true because like you, I'm, I'm intuitive, I'm empathic. And so being in the room with someone is very different than being on a zoom call, but people are starting to realize that you can have that same connection, which is why we record, you know, our podcast so that we can see everyone. Um, mm-hmm. we do use the video, but I want to be able to see what's going on with the people I'm speaking with. And so honestly, like, um, Nate actually said he missed an opportunity cause he did not invest in zoom stock really early. Cause it was like $4. Did you say $4? And now it's
2: like, man, oh, we should have. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I, I was watching it and I was like, I think Zoom is going to go up and then <laughs> I didn't do it. I just said those words out to the universe, but I didn't take any action and it, it, yeah.
2: God. Zoom <laughs> and Peloton. Those are the two I wish I had bought. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I, know, I, I, I did
0: God. not see Peloton. That's not my area of expertise, but uh, the fact that I know what a Peloton is now <laughs> versus a year ago.
2: That's impressive. Proves
0: that they, yes. That's they
2: saying something. Know.
0: I right. was right. So like, okay, cool. all right. Good job, Peloton. And, uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Krista, before we let you go, I know that one of the things that you really talk about are, is self-care. And um, self-care is something that entrepreneurs put last on their list. They put their business, they put their clients, they put their family, they put everybody else because we're all very service-oriented people. We really like to give to outside. But oftentimes we find our own buckets empty or with gigantic holes in them, what would be your best tip for our listeners to, so that they can remember who their authentic self is to best take care of themselves um, while they're running a business?
2: I mean, it is just so important. I think that we do so much for our business and so much for our clients and we give, 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 and then we burn and burnout is inevitable. If you do not fill your cup, burnout is inevitable. Spoiler alert, I'm telling you right now, you will burn out if you don't take care of yourself. And if you're not taking care of yourself, then who's going to take care of your clients and so on and so forth. So, for me, burnout had to happen. It had to happen big for me to pivot in my business, in my offerings, in my services, and mostly in my self-care. Um, so my biggest advice like honestly is change the scenery. So when you, and a lot of us are working from home right now. So we have to switch up the energy when we're ready to go into that self-care space. And it's so easy when I'm done in my office to just bring my laptop, laptop down and keep working. So how do you shift the energy? What I'll do sometimes is vacuum, light a candle, turn on the music. Like, even if I have 20 minutes in between calls, I'll do that. Like have a nice little, 15, 20 minute, where, what can I do in this moment to enhance my quality of life? Is it have a water, go for a walk, step outside, listen to music. For me, it's usually breathe. Um, I'm really into breathing these days. Um, it's he so can, breathing
0: it's, is great
2: it's amazing how we should all be into breathing but
1: actually I was at the physical therapist the other day and he was like working on this muscle and he's like breathe I'm like I don't know how to breathe darling. I cannot
2: <laughs> I mean it is so important but to change it up so um we'll my husband and I will sometimes go for a walk or um I'll take a shower um to just sort of like transition so change the scenery create a transition like move the energy in whatever is your thing. So if it's music, if it's a podcast, if it's drop into your book for 15 minutes, if it's pray, meditate, run, swim, whatever, um, like move that. And I think for me as a workaholic, I'm passionate. I love it, but I have to change the energy to sort of remember, oh, I'm this human being who does more than just work. And I have other relationships and other needs and other uh, gifts actually that have nothing to do with marketing. Um, but they're hard to, find, but they're hard to, different- to re- <laughs> well, they're hard <laughs> to remember, I think. And so when we can create these little rituals that help us remember, um, that's the key. So like I'll have, whether it's a sticky note, a song, a candle, whatever, it reminds me, Oh, right you're like a real person and you need to take care of yourself because you're a person with a body who like hasn't had water in three days. So (laughs) my biggest self-care practice is breathe and water. And that's like the gateway. Um, because once you start breathing and drinking water, you're like, Oh, this is pretty great. How else could I improve this moment? Um, even if it's putting on a sweatshirt or a blanket, just realizing in every moment, there's something you can do to take care of yourself, uh, and do it. I think that's the biggest thing, like take the action, like with the zoom stock or with all these things that we're talking about, we know it, um, that we could take better care of ourselves. We all know we should drink more water and we all know we should, you know, relax a little bit more, but how do we remember, uh, and remind ourselves to do it? Like that's the, the self-care practice I think. And man, it's just changed my life and my business and I'm so glad you asked about that because it's like one of the most important things in, in business, I think.
1: Brenda Bouchard calls it uh, transitioning, like you said, mentioning the transitions. He said, every time you transition, you get up from your chair, you change your project, you walk into another room, whatever your transition is, um, what intention do you want to do when you get there? So like when you leave your office, leave your computer, your your intention is to go and take a break from that. But I mean, I know we're all like, attached to the hip of our, like, you know, our laptops and our hips are like, I swear they're like fused together or something, but
2: that's why I like to like go swim or do something that forces you. Like you literally cannot have your phone or like uh, go in the sauna or something that like you just have to, my husband, whenever we have time off, he takes me sailing so that I literally am off the grid and cannot (laughs) connect because it's so hard and it's just such a struggle. And I, I feel it.
0: You know, one of my two. favorite things to do, and I just started doing it this like this last month, is on Sundays. I'll I'll go over to like a restaurant or a friend's house or whatever, and I will leave my cell phone at home. Mm. So I will go to and it's just like Sunday afternoons, don't expect me to pick up the call. Don't expect me because I, I don't want to. I want to disconnect from everything just for a couple hours. But like no phone, no nothing. And the first time that I did it, honestly, it was on accident. I got to the restaurant. And I was like, I don't have my phone. And I honestly thought, I was like, should I drive back home to get? And then I was like, why do I need my phone? Why do- There's nothing that I'm going to be doing here at this restaurant. I'm meeting up with friends. Why do I need it? I don't need my phone at all. So I had to talk myself into why I didn't need it because I felt attached. And I was like, I don't have this life preserver with me but then I didn't need it. And it was fantastic. And I was there enjoying the moment with friends. And I'm not the type of person that I'm always checking my phone either. Like, let me, right. I'm not that per- way, but it just felt weird to be disconnected. And now it's, it's therapeutic. Mm. So yeah, go for the run without your phone, go for a swim or whatever, and just disconnect from whatever it is that usually, you know, might be causing you stress. Because when you disconnect from that stress, that's what's gonna look. You just sighed relief. You were just like, (laughs) my shoulders just like you felt that. You were like, you're right. Like it does cause stress. It's seeing those notifications. Even if I'm like, I was at lunch today and I went and checked the time and I had like eight emails from one of my clients and I'm just like, ugh. Whereas if I didn't have my phone, I wouldn't have checked that and I wouldn't have seen it. And then I wouldn't have gotten the stress in the middle of having lunch when I shouldn't be worrying about that. So. It's, so
2: it's so, so, so true. And it's like, I think we all act like we're on call surgeons or something. And at the end of the day, like what we're doing is very important. Our clients are important. Our customers important, but we're not saving lives. And so acting like we need to be on call 24 seven also then sets that uh, boundary or lack thereof for our clients and customers to think that we're available all the time, which is just absurd. And nobody should be available all the time unless you're a surgeon. And in which case your on-call hours are literally set. Um, and same thing with us. If we want to be on call for our clients, we can set those on-call hours. And that's such a good place to sort of wrap this with me because those boundaries are something I talk about a lot. And I just used to associate my worth so much with being available to Mm -hmm. my customers and clients. And it's like at what cost um, to your quality of life and just making that a priority too. And it can seem selfish and, and I feel really privileged in a lot of ways and grateful that I can create space in my days and implement self-care practices. Um, There's a lot of gratitude that I have that comes with that. I have a loving partner i have a roof over my head um but i feel that deeply in every moment there is something we can do even if it's sit up straighter like stretch your legs take a deep breath um with what we have to bring that energy back um yeah I love that. I think boundaries
1: is probably a really good top level self-care thing that <laughs> yeah as, as an empath myself like i have the biggest problem with boundaries but krista i think you're brilliant i think what you brought to the table is super authentic and real and um, we really appreciate it um i know our listeners are going to absolutely love this episode thanks so much for joining us today
0: Here.
2: thank you i can't Here. wait to share
0: Yeah. Thanks, Krista. And speaking of sharing, I know that you have so much wonderful content. Where can our listeners go to find more about you and all of your wonderful knowledge? Thanks. Um,
2: Where am I? Uh, Everything is on authenticaudience.co.co. That's our website. So all of my uh, content, downloadables, course materials, templates, et cetera, I try and Provide a lot of value and service just from the site, and then my Instagram is where I'm the most active, and it's just Krista Ritma, all one word. I share a lot there, and that's about it. I have a lot of exciting stuff coming up. Um, my launch guide should be out when this airs if I do everything. Uh, if I like stick through the resistance and just get it out there um which is going to be really epic it's a 90 90 day launch plan and checklist to launch anything online i've been working on it for a long time because again it's easier to help our clients succeed than just do the damn thing ourselves so yeah thanks for having me though it's uh Yes, wonderful. thank you.
0: All, all right, listeners, uh, let's let's hold Krista to her word. Go to her website right now and see if that ninety-day course is up and running. Sign up for it; it's going to be great. So it'll it'll be up there.
2: How about this for your listeners? If it is there as a gift, um, they can use the code Launch Fifty um, for fifty percent off
0: the awesome. guide. Wonderful.
2: Launch Five Zero. Yep.
0: Launch 5 There you go. You, you heard it here first, guys. I, I love saying that even when it doesn't make sense. I'm like some <laughs> reporter. You heard it here first. <laughs> Signing out with you know, Krista Ripa, Sheila, and me. You. Peace. Thanks
1: for listening to today's episode of The Messy Back End. We know, we know, you can't get enough of us. So have us on your podcast or have us speak at your next event. Visit themessybackend.com speaking and send us your event details.
0: It's true. We love speaking. And we also want to thank our sponsor, Yes Women's Network, where you will find the connections you need to achieve your dreams. Find out more at yeswomensnetwork.com.
1: Also, our advertiser PodServe FM. We couldn't do it without them. They get your podcast hosted and published quickly and easily. Visit them at podserve.fm messy to find out more.
0: And a thank you to our advertiser, ThriveCart. They are the number one shopping cart software that grows your income from existing traffic with high converting checkout pages, upsells and affiliate campaigns. Watch the video for how simple this cart solution is at themessybackend.com slash cart.
1: Once again, don't miss an episode. Head on over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe today. That's all we have for today's episode of The Messy Backend. I'm Ella Glasgow, the General Contractor of Virtual Events, founder of Beyond Virtual Events, where we create done-for-you, stress-free virtual events. And I don't know about you, but I'm feeling like my backend is getting clearer with every episode. I can tell you from my experience that keeping a solid eye on our mission to pull up on the greatness in people has been a key to the success of our business join us again next week as experts share more customized business advice and tips about all the messy stuff that goes on in the back end of entrepreneurship remember you're not alone every business has a messy back end that needs a little attention Great. well i hate to say it krista but i don't think we're going to get very many bloopers from you
2: (laughs) sorry way too good dang it i'm sorry <laughs> but you guys are just so quick at like you're such good hosts you know it just feels conversational and i i okay. wish we could have had a better blooper but maybe next time
0: the more vital our lives get the more we hunger after something the more genuine. virtual virtual thank you i was like mm-hmm. that does not make sense in my head okay. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. And I apologize for not being ready when you got on earlier. No problem. I love you, it. If, if I don't put dinner in right now, because we're recording for the next four hours. There will that be is self-care. There will that's be self-care,
2: what you just did by <laughs> putting right. yourself first. Like, that's so important. You need to eat. Never yeah. apologize for eating.
1: And I went to Bath & Body today and got some new lotion. So there you go. Cool. That is a
2: huge self-care win. <laughs>
0: I went to lunch with a very beautiful w- young woman. So that was my, nice. and I say, I say young woman, like she's not like 12. It's just that you <laughs> share her experience, expertise, and the, and the, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to start this whole segment over. She, Sheila doesn't like when I swear on on the podcast, so. <laughs> That's okay, I That's
2: okay. I think I said damn, but I, I did my best to refrain.
0: It's okay, damn's in the Bible, so it's kosher.
1: Yeah, in between, we really like to interrupt our guests. This
2: oh, is- please do. <laughs>